Off the Ball with BetDAC.com for great exchange odds on Ireland and the UK's biggest race meetings this weekend and for Cheltenham 2016. BetDAC.com I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. To the game! Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! So, Big D in studio. All right. How you doing, Joe? Good. How's life at balls.ie? Things are good. Things are good. You know, busy day. Uh, busy day in the Irish sports world. Big POC retiring. Yeah. Thanks, Polly. Yeah. A lot of love coming in for Polly. You'll be shocked to hear the word legend and leader used several times. Is he the most beloved Irish sportsman? He's up there. Yeah. Yeah. He is up there. So we've got Dr. Bennett O'Malu on the way after eight o'clock. Mm. He of concussion fame. Will Smith plays him in the new movie. You were just saying the new stats for this season on concussion in the NFL ain't great. Yeah, the New York Times has some statistics uh, in some reporting they were doing before the Super Bowl. They said there over the preseason and the 16-game regular season last year, there were 271 concussions. Uh, reported concussions in the yeah. NFL. That is up 31% on uh, 2014. It's so extraordinary jump because the NFL have come out and talked about the 40-odd rule changes they've made yeah. to limit concussions, and it's up 31% year on year. And the NFL, being the NFL, is trying to spin this as a good thing, that they've invested so much in all these sort of doctors on the field and had injury protocol that like they're, they're what they're doing is spotting these now, whereas before they just wouldn't have even been registered as concussions. But I mean... Is that possibly true? It, look, there's a, I think there's probably some truth in it, but you have to look at that number, that increase, and just say, well, whatever the like concussion is not going away and it's possibly getting worse when awareness of it has never been higher, whatever implements have been brought in to change it, they're not working. Nothing is, you know, head injury is still a massive part of um, of American football. Head to head injuries, head to head tackles, all these kind of things. They are they are not going away, yeah. and it's it's to me it's usually worrying. Uh, the Fenua Water Brothers, who you know have done a lot of great reporting on the concussion stuff in America, um, you know they they're talking about how much the NFL spends on their own head doctors. They've actually like there's been a huge boom in uh, neurological sort of research because of the NFL's interest in concussion. Mm-hmm. But the question is, can you trust anything the NFL says about? Uh, head injuries yeah. because they're clearly hugely invested in trying to, um, you know, in trying to, I think, to to play the concussion stuff down. I mean, that if you look at, I mean, if you look at what twenty five, thirty years of, of head injuries in the NFL, that's what that's what you'll find. So, and I mean, uh, Kent Stabler, Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Raiders, he was uh, diagnosed Raiders. with CTE, the snake, um, and you know, there's there's just worrying stories. There was a ex New York Giants player who died in the playoffs. Um he overdosed on painkillers. A guy named Antoine Randallel, who was a um Super Bowl hero for the Steelers in I think two thousand and five or six. Uh he was telling a really sad story to the to Pittsburgh newspaper about how he can't like remember things that his his wife tells him, you know, the night before, can barely get down the stairs. These guys are thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, you know. Like it's not like they were like in their sixties. 
they're retired three or four years, and it and it's hitting them like directly. And it, you know, it's just a massive, massive problem for the NFL. And, you know, the Super Bowl is their showpiece event and all this kind of thing, but like, there's very little talk about this concussion crisis, and it ha- it seems like it should be the most pertinent issue for the league going forward, but you know. We yeah. talk about Cam Newton and Peyton Manning, these kind of like sure. personality issues. But like there's a grave, grave crisis that the league is facing. Crisis is the word. Has Jim Nance come out and said that he doesn't want to put another layer on a non-story on the concussion issue yet? Or is that still up in the air? I, I, <laughs> I just don't, you know, you could see, I've seen um, Jim Nance actually, in fairness to him, there was the Steelers-Bengals uh, game in the playoffs. And there were some really like heinous head injuries in that game. Guys just diving at, at, at like def- defenseless receivers and he he actually sounded appalled by it you know okay thuggery is what was going on in the game and he really didn't seem like he liked it i mean you know those guys love Peyton manning but i i don't know nobody really knows what to people it's such you know it is so much part of the game you know yeah sure so we haven't planned to talk about that let's get on to denver broncos 24 carolina panthers 10 mm. had a text in last night when we were saying it was a pretty underwhelming experience and not a great game which said that it was, you know, a joy to watch the Denver defense and you have to enjoy and appreciate that side of the game. But really, Denver defense aside, the other three teams within that game, the Denver offense and uh, Carolina defense and offense, not very good, like mistake-riddled game. It was it was no massive flow to it. It never really grabbed me. I don't know what you're taking it was. But it was hugely underwhelming as a spectacle and like as a, as a game to watch. If you were coming to that, if that was like the first NFL game you were watching, it would have been sad for you. It was just not. It was not fun. Not great to watch. So many ads. I thought as well. Obviously, you know that's part of the territory. Um, you know, there's this really. The thing. ads these days are five million dollars for thirty seconds. Five million for thirty seconds, and there are more ads in that Super Bowl than ever. So, I mean, CBS made a killing off that. <laughs> um, the you know there's a there's a great adage in American sports, Joe. Offense wins games. Defense wins championships. Yeah. And that sort of, I guess, was been borne out. Um, but everybody told me that Cam Newton was on. I told you, yeah. So Cam Newton was going to win this game. We had um, who do we have on last night? Mike Carlson, I believe. Apologies, Mike Carlson. BBC is Mike Carlson. You would have seen him in studio with Martin O'Neill. Like Mike was saying that he was expecting at any moment that Cam Newton would implement his brilliant running game to neutralize this blitz defense, and that just never quite happened either. Like, so what are we thinking about Cam Newton now, all-star quarterback after Sunday night? Well, Cam Newton did not have a very good game. It was 18 for 41. Um, one interception, the strip sacks. He, is that his fault? Well, no, I mean, it's his his lineman sort of left him exposed there. Like, what is his fault, though, is, uh, you know, after the game, he presents himself to the media. I mean, you know, he had lost abjectly. And so much of the attention going into the game had been about Cam. And, he, you know, he, he puts himself in the public eye. He wants to be the man. Yeah. So when when you lose, you should probably, you should take it in the same sort of a way. And Cam Newton trudged into the media room, put his hood up and just sort of mumbled through a, f- a few minutes of questioning before just sort of after his sulky just sort of stands up and just sort of leaves and barely even deals with the sort of mandatory media requirements mm-hmm. so like it definitely i mean it it definitely doesn't look 
good for Cam 48 hours after the game. Yeah. Uh, he, I believe we have a clip of him. He, he, did act, he spoke to the media today, and he was sort of a little bit more forthright about what was going through his mind. I'm human. I've never once said that I was perfect. I never proclaimed that I was perfect. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, people pick and, 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 they, and, they, and, they, and they do things of that sort. And that the truth of the matter is, you know, who are you to say that your way is right? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, we got all these people that's, that's, that's condemning and saying, oh, man, he should have did this, that, and the third. But what makes your way right? Um, I mean, I've, I've been on record to say I'm a sore loser. Who likes to lose? You show me a good loser, and I'm going to show you a loser. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to, 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 to – it's not a popularity contest. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm here to win football games. What's funny there is uh, producer Mick just typed through, I love Cam during that piece. And I was thinking to myself, I don't really like this guy that much. You don't li- you're not a Cam believer. You're not on board. I like watching him play, but yeah. I don't find him great personality. I don't know. I'm sort of, I, I enjoy the whole Cam circus. Like but a it, truculent child. Yeah. But, it, you know, when he delivers on the field, it's a different experience. But, sure. You know, and like, I mean, the, he completely dominated the entire season. I mean, he was 48 out of the 50 votes for the league MVP went to him. There was yeah. no denying he was the best player in the, in the NFL this season. He won MVP of the league. Yeah, he yeah. was like clearly the best player in the NFL. And he came up against, you know, one of the best defensive performances in Super Bowl history on Sunday night. His offense sort of abandoned him. He wasn't helped out by his wide receivers dropping balls. Yeah. That was strange. I mean, they're the mistakes that we're seeing. So explain something to me. He's obviously taken a lot of flack for not jumping and diving in that ball in the Mm. fourth quarter. And the optics of it are terrible. But the thing is, Cam Newton is a running quarterback who gets smashed at times during the season. So it's not like he's not brave. So he didn't he didn't look at that ball, I suspect, and think, oh, I'm going to get hurt here. Was it some kind of like psychological, I'm giving up, I couldn't be bothered jumping in that ball moment? That's what he was, I think, I saw, I saw a quote where he said something to that extent where um, he was saying that, you know, as he froze, he, in the sack, in the act of sort of dropping the ball, he realized that the game had sort of gone away from him. But he said to blame that, whole, that entire game on one play would be completely wrong and I think yeah, that, sure. that's totally fair but it's going to be the defining image of this game him just f- yeah. looking at the ball frozen now people want to talk about Cam and his bravery he to see, or last season he was in a car accident that nearly killed him when his team were 3-8-1 in the, in the middle of the season sat out two weeks survived a near-death car, car crash two weeks off played the, two weeks later led his team to the playoffs so, it's it, so strange. he's yeah. clearly I mean he puts his body on the line all the time, and he was taking huge hits in that game. He was, you know, when he was flushed out of the pocket, mm. he was running. You know, he. I don't know, like I don't know what happened in that in that moment. Yeah. You know, like I don't think it was cowardice, though. No, you know, but like he clearly did not want to go for that ball. Now, you know, a, a, a football bounces in all sorts of ways. Maybe he was thinking it's going to bounce, and I'm going to follow it a bit. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's it doesn't. None of it really looks well for him. We'll, you know, it'll be one of these sort of character tests. Does he sort of like just does this sort of the worst parts of Cam Newton, the sulkiness and yeah. you know the egotism? Does that sort of drown him out going forward, or does he sort of learn from it? We'll see. One person uh, who I don't think we'll be seeing more from is the uh, the sheriff, legendary yeah. pain man. Because I'm I'm loath to talk about too much about 
Manning when like there's Vaughn Miller and mm. the, like the story of this game is the Broncos defense but all that said let's talk about Peyton Manning so he's the oldest quarterback to win two Super Bowls first to win two Super Bowls with different clubs which is kind of surprising really isn't it? I was surprised to see that stat this yeah, afternoon it's unbelievable um, one of the more striking things I saw to say today was you might have noticed that he very blatantly was asked about are you going to retire so you've got what the third largest ever Super Bowl audience of 112 million people watching in America are you going to retire, Peyton? And he gives it the old, well, first things first, Tracy, I'm going to drink a lot of Budweiser. Uh, Apex uh, used a proprietary formula, uh, their marketing company. Initially, they valued uh, his uh, two, he had two mentions of uh, mm-hmm. Budweiser at $3.2 million. But then by the time the West Coast woke up on Monday morning, everybody had been talking about this so much that the value to uh, Budweiser, although all other drinks are available. Of course. Uh, was estimated to be $13.9 million if you were to pay for that level of exposure. But he, I mean, Budweiser come out and say, oh, we weren't expecting this. We haven't paid paid yeah. money. I mean... Well, it's illegal for NFL players to have any, uh, to take any endorsements from alcohol companies. Woolley says this is terribly naive on my part. Well, look, I don't know. I mean... He laughed at me openly. Like... I mean, the first person Peyton Manning hugs on the sidelines is not his wife or his his brother Eli. It's the magnate of the Papa John Pizza franchise. Uh, Peyton Manning owns 32 Papa John's pizzerias in Denver, which is, as a balls that staff member reminded me today, uh, he bought them about, I think, a week before the that Colorado uh, legalized marijuana. So clearly a savvy businessman who knows how to sort of... Uh, uh, get behind his own products and um, I it, like it was just to me it was just it was crass there's a crassness about Manning that I, I, I yeah. and how that all ended I was reading I was reading on uh, Peter King who writes great sort of insidery stuff for Sports Illustrated Manning had briefed uh, Jim Nance and uh, you know when they have these talks like oh yeah well we sat down with Peyton on Wednesday so they did this Jim brief Nance being Jim Nance the main commentator in. yeah exactly CBS. yeah um, they always refer to these sort of sit-downs they have during the game. And Manning said, or King says that Manning he made his final remarks and the CBS production crew, including Sims and and, uh, and Nance, gave Manning a standing ovation. Ugh. It's so grossly collegiate. Nance is the very same with the golf. Yeah. He does the golf quite a bit for CBS. Like, it would make you puke sometimes the way they go on. Yeah, terrible. Manning's you, you, you would think a lot of the people that Jim Nance interviews in the golf have saved humanity. No, I mean, it's terrible. Manning what, slept- you, what you've done for the game, Arnold, oh. Oh, brings me to tears. That kind of stuff. Peyton Manning slept 10 and a half hours the night before the Super Bowl. Wow. That's a sign of an old man, but like also a man who's not nervous in any way. Well, he didn't have much to be nervous about when you watch his performance. I mean, would you be nervous about handing the ball off repeatedly for half a game? I mean, it was... It was really grim. Like, it showed a lack of ambition. So, like, Denver had a lot more um, confidence in their own defense than they had in Manning. Like, no confidence in Manning looking at their game plan. Yeah, I mean, the victory for, for Denver this season was they got Peyton Manning to, like, accept... How crappy! Yeah, in the first ten games of the season, he was one of the, one of the statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Threw seventeen interceptions in ten games. He went on this sort of forty eight day hiatus, and somewhere somebody got through to him, and they were just like, "Peyton, you're crap. You're really bad. Get over. You're not the man you used to be. If you can accept this sort of crappier version of yourself, we can all do a lot better." And um, you know, he accepted mediocrity, and maybe you know, maybe there's more people who should do that. Yeah. Okay. So very quickly, text because we're way over time. Our interview. If you just suddenly tuned in for the eight o'clock, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show for the Dr. Benedict Malo interview, it is coming. 
So somebody says, Cam Newton's basically a real-life Stephen Willie Beeman from any given Sunday. He'll come good eventually, says Nigel and Cork. Crass, spot the Patriots fan. Wouldn't know class if it hit him in his deflated face. <laughs> Beautifully done. And Fran Bellew, we can finish in this point because next week we'll do a fi- very final thoughts on the NFL uh, season. Like, I want to know if you thought it was a good season overall. But a very final point to go out on we were talking about Paul O'Connell being a real gent, all the stories coming in. Mm. Get Donny to tell his CJ Stander held the door open for me story. Well, I mean, look, if, do we have time? Quick version. Okay, so I was in the mix zone uh, at, on Sunday night in the, in the Viva after the game, and we were, you know, it was sort of a really crap sort of a, an atmosphere day. I was, it was kind of tiring the whole day. Stander walks into the mix zone. He go, he shakes hands with every journalist there. There's like ten or twelve of us, and he goes and he individually shakes all of our hands. I've never seen anyone wow. carry on like this in wow. professional sport. It was, I like my heart. He knew you were a journalist. He didn't like, think it was like a meet and greet for fans or something. His first time in the Aviva. I don't know. He knew. I think he knew. He could tell by the look of us that we were journalists. <laughs> so I'm walk. I'm. I've got my interview. I'm going home. Stander sort of like working his way back, and we're walking down the same hallway, and he's about uh, five meters ahead of me. He, he sort of opens the door sees me coming just waits for me holds the door class CJ Stender a legend an Irish legend wow it can be kind of awkward if someone holds the door open for you like too far out you know you gotta do that half shuffle yeah, thing and and then go, oh, oh thanks 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 I had thanks, to make some small talk and all this kind of thing yeah, down the way but look uh, God, that's nice that's good I was touched by it yeah 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 okay uh, good stuff we'll, we'll kind of do some broader reflections on the NFL season next Great. week uh, see you next Tuesday off the ball with the BetDAC Exchange for great odds on horse racing, the Premier League, and every other sport this weekend. BetDAC.com